and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and discuss a 1975 American coming-of-age comedy drama film, Cooley High, starring Glenn Turman and Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, written by Eric Monte and directed by Michael Schultz. The movie was considered a major hit at the box offices, grossing over $13 million on a $750,000 budget. Filmmaker Spike Lee included the film on his essential film list entitled List of Films All Aspiring Filmmakers Must See. And it's important to say this movie was also ranked number 23 on Entertainment Weekly's list of the 50 best high school movies. And for some people, these accolades will be enough to consider this movie a classic. But today we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we gotta start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey, and Aubrey Wright, and I'm the oldest. <laughs> I'm Janiah Wright, and I'm the middle. Hello, is it me you're looking for? It's not, it's, it's definitely not. not. It's I can definitely... see it in your eyes. You don't see it. That you're looking for Brittany, and I am the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guess guess what it's guess what it's time for before we before we before we go on. Guess what it's time for? What? It's time for Janaya explains a random object. And the theme music now. But and the random object I have chosen. Oh, I didn't know we were doing this. Of course not, because it's all up to me, and I do it randomly. That's the point. And it's gonna be real but quick. It's just gonna be like thirty seconds. <laughs> So the the one that I picked today is the Kennywood arrow. Whoa! Good choice, bro. Yes. <laughs> I love that arrow. All right. Anybody who is from Pittsburgh is already going like this. I've seen this little <laughs> sign because y'all, Kennywood is uh, our Pittsburgh. The people who live in the city of Pittsburgh, this is our theme park. Yes. And. All throughout the city, they have signs like this pointing you to Kennywood. And they're up all the time, all year round. And so you're constantly seeing this little arrow around the city yes. saying, Kennywood that way, Kennywood that way. And I had not gone to Kennywood for, it had to be over a decade. And I went recently a couple of years ago and I was in the um, gift shop and I was actually, I was looking for a magnet. Cause I have a top notch magnet collection. Maybe I'll show, maybe I'll you show do? the people one day. Well, I like, we'll I like a magnet. We'll I like a magnet. <laughs> but there it was. This foam Kennywood. It is so prominent. And I was like, no, this is this is like a Pittsburgh. Like, don't y'all get a warm fuzzy as Pittsburgh? I did. That's yeah. what I was saying. I was looking at. Yeah. It. I was like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, and when I see Kennywood, I just make me think about potato patch French fries. Yes, bro. And you, supreme I, funnel cake. Oh. Right. Hallelujah. I'll see. I'm driving to Pittsburgh. And the double cones. The double cones that are dipped in chocolate with the nuts. Oh, listen, what listen. y'all need to know about Pittsburgh, honey? Brittany, it is I forgot not... about those. <laughs> those were so Listen, good. my left side hasn't. Let me tell you something. So Pittsburgh, good. as we were growing up, this is a still town. Listen, we didn't care nothing about calories. Pittsburghers, if it can have fries on it, it is on there. That's pizzas, <laughs> that's salads, that's sandwiches. We put we the fries on everything. Okay. We do. We so do. when you go to our amusement park, you better believe just be there the whole day because you're going to have to wake up from your itis a little bit. And then you're going to have to be able to go back on the next fries. And all I know is, all I know is me and my friends, we had a new short set every time we went. Pinstripe. All through middle school, all through high ready. school. When it was time for the when it was time for the picnic. We you ain't ready. Had to get fresh. Had to get okay. fresh. And we would be coordinating, girl. Your shirt's gonna be blue. Yours gonna be red. Yours gonna be pink. Ah! Hey, and we you get we were so cute. You get a wristband. It's a show that you went to Kenny with that weekend. You keep your keep wristband on. on keep it on, baby. Keep it on. Keep it on. Because it was showers. a it was a metal clip with a, uh, with a rope, so it could it could, it it could stand a couple of times. It was quality. Listen, and, and can I say one more thing? You don't see oh, wristbands like that anymore. Hey, look, I want to say one thing, and this is so fat. This is so fat. Listen, it's going to be but wonderful. A, a potato this is a safe patch, space. This is a, 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 safe a, space. a potato patch. 
you could get cheese on your fries or you can gravy. get gravy. So whenever I would go to potato or patch, both or both, Brittany, why are you trying to steal my thunder? Like, can I finish? So <laughs> oh, sorry. thank you. Can I finish? Little sisters. All right. So hello. <laughs> I couldn't really decide. So every time I went, I would get one with cheese. <laughs> and one with both. That's oh, you would get all three of the fries. I would get one. Right. With and what 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 our view what one our viewers cheese. what our viewers need to know is that one serving of potato patch fries at Kennywood was actually three servings. Like it was. It's like it wasn't potato. It wasn't that bad. Well, Listen, it wasn't that good. Well, <laughs> over the years, though, of course, the portions have gotten smaller got because smaller. of whatever. But listen, again, Pittsburgh is just not a place where we, we don't play with our carbs and our starches. Do not come at us. Man, those we got pierogies, potatoes. we got fries, we got bread, we got bagels, we got pizza. Quality Do not potatoes. come at us. Mm. Okay. <laughs> you know? All right, so, so, I'm so I'm sorry that I derailed this for a second. Well, I'm not. That was listen, great. So time. yeah, it was real random. All right. <laughs> All right, so I'm so, so let us continue, but that was good. That was a great story, sister. I'm, but at that, I'm, yeah. not, I'm really jealous I don't have the phone, Kennywood. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was good. Good one, bro. I All love right. that. was a good one. All right. So do you remember where you were? That's the question. Do you remember I where do, because we just did intros. All right, so let's and get it. now it's time to pick our voting symbol, y'all, for Cooley High. Okay. And I will just say, like, you know, I love when we do a hood movie. When we have talked about the, what makes a, hu- a hood movie a hood movie, it, you know, one of the attributes that we, you know, kind of said was important was for the movie to have the neighborhood as a, almost like a character in the movie. And so that thinking is what influenced my first recommendation All for right. voting symbol. And my first recommendation is wait for it the corner okay well why the corner because the corner is where the people hung out all right the movie used the streets to show us the nature of the neighborhood the nature of the times we were able to get a sense of Chicago. We were able to get a sense of the 60s. We were able to get a sense of the economic status of the characters and the life that they were living, of the energy of their neighborhood because they put so much movie of their social life on the corner, okay? And also, I would say that the corner could also symbolize being at a crossroads, okay? And young people that are about to graduate from high school, listen, that's what this movie was about. It was about young people at this important crossroad moment. Where were they going to go? Left, right, straight? What was going to happen? That's my first recommendation. Nice. My second recommendation, recommendation, second Um, recommendation is less about the neighborhood, but more about that little friend group and a little custom they had. And it is wine in a bag. Now, I do need help understanding what kind of wine comes in that kind of bottle that can go in that bag. But anyway, wine in a bag. Okay, why wine in a bag? Well, first of all, it was, you know, when you think about young people trying to be hip, trying to be cool, trying to come up with those little social mechanisms that make you think you're hot to trot, that's obviously how these guys embrace like drinking and smoking. It was for the fun of it. It was the cool thing we're doing now. And it was so much about young men and their bravado. The other thing is that um, there's something about an object being hidden in a bag that is about like hidden potential or maybe burgeoning potential. And I think like that bottle in the bag, it's also to me could symbolize those those young men. And the fact that, we were just on the verge for all of them of seeing who they were going to turn out to be as adults. And they were really, they were bottles in a bag, weren't they? Okay, so those are my two recommendations. Well, I can tell you the second one (laughs) gave me a little more of the Janiya. Um, You're starting to get too good at these, which is frustrating (laughs) me because I like 
I need at least one good Janiyah one every time. I want you to go deep every time. But even though you went deeper, <laughs> I feel it's necessary. The only one I could think of was as well, the liquor bottle. And I also felt that that was kind of the start of what ended up being the major plot line in this movie mm. because they got drunk to go to the quarter party, uh. which had, you know, the fight and which kind of set these things into action. But I do think the corner is a better, personally, so far, I like the corner. But what about you, Britt? Listen, as I've been sitting here with my extensive time that I've had to choose. Um, <laughs> and I, I love that you do it. These voting symbols. <laughs> All I could think to myself was, I was like, what did they consistently do in this movie? And I was like, they were tricksters. And I was like, how do you even put that into a symbol? And I still don't have any idea. All I was thinking was like I masks where it's like, one is smiling and one is sad, like that you would put on <laughs> a like a playwright. Well, and I was like, want, these are little tricksters. Like, look, if, you wanted, if you wanted to talk about them being tricksters, it might be a dollar. And the reason why it could be a dollar mm. is because they tricked the, oh, the prostitutes? Uh, prostitutes. I was like, y'all so are a dollar, so a dollar bill. Y'all are so bad. Or the fake bad. Or the fake bad. That's good. I was just like, a, a Lone bad. Ranger bad. Yeah. Yes. Definitely a Because I was like, mm, them jumping on the back of the bus, <laughs> them doing, but just yeah. from the beginning, him, him like putting the red stuff on the thing. So it could be like he has a nosebleed. Right. I was just like, y'all are just a little mischievous kid i think i think i think i like the badge i think i like that because Brittany, because Brittany is right that it represented their whole mindset which ultimately ended up in the tragedy at the end because mm-hmm. they were playing around they ended up in that car. It's either between the 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 badge or the the Lone Ranger badge or the corner. Mm. So, what do you think? I like them both. Between those, uh, I like the corner. 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 I like the corner. corner. All right. So we're going to see if the movie's on your corner. That's <laughs> good. All yes. Right. All right, y'all, it's time for the recap. If you're new to The Right Perspective, it truly is a recap. Spoilers everywhere. Cooley High is set in 1960s Chicago and tells the story of a group of high school students that centers around two young men, Richard Cochise Morris, who's played by Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, a local basketball hero on his way to Grambling University on a scholarship, and Leroy Preach Jackson, played by Glenn Turman, who is a really smart kid that doesn't apply himself, but dreams of a career in writing. Both are in their senior year and nearing graduation. Cochise is not a straight A student, but he plans to graduate and Preach seems pretty indifferent about graduation. In fact, he makes several comments about dropping out and leaving home. In terms of their social lives, they spend a ton of time hanging out with their friends on corners, talking, bit of drinking, bit of smoking weed, or they're at each other's homes, or they're going to the zoo or movies or parties. And really, they spend a good amount of time chasing girls, okay? The movie also, the movie really spends, um, you know, a good amount of time ensuring that you can feel the energy of the times and of their neighborhood. They live in a lower income neighborhood and we get a chance to see both the good and bad that comes along with that. We see all of the related blight and struggle, parents working multiple jobs, their references to public assistance. We see hustlers and street walkers. We also though get to see a tight knit community where everybody is looking out for each other on some level. And we see mm-hmm. optimism and their, their hope for the children. One evening, Cochise and Preach take a joyride with two local hustlers in a stolen car. And while they get away in the moment, the police do manage to track them down and all four guys get arrested. But a teacher who's actually played by Garrett Morris manages to get Cochise and Preach released immediately with no charges because he kind of vouches for them. He has relationships at the police station. He vouches for their potential, um, you know, beyond those, the the current circumstances. 
Um, and those, the other two, the two hustlers, they eventually get released. But by then, they've decided that Cochise and Preach must have ratted them out in order to get their charges dropped and to get out quickly. And so, as you can imagine, the two hustlers are angry, okay? So first they track down Preach, who manages to get away, and then they track down Cochise, who does not manage to get away. And they beat Cochise. They beat him until he is a crumpled mass on the ground. And just before he takes his last breath, they run away from the scene. Preach find Cochise's, finds Cochise's body. And, you know, the way that the scene is constructed, we get to see that any, any innocence he has left in him, it leaves him. It leaves him in that moment as he sees his friend dead on the ground. And the community gathers for Cochise's funeral. But, uh, you know, Preach doesn't go to the funeral. He kind of watches from afar. And after the crowd leaves, Preach approaches the casket, which has already been lowered into the ground. And he pours a little wine out for his friend. And he reads one of his poems, um, you know, something he would never do for Cochise while, while he was alive. And we get a sense that, um, you know, he's leaving town at that point to go to LA to become a writer. And then the movie uses captions to tell us that that is indeed what he does, that he leaves town um, and he does um, make his way to LA and he does actually become um, a writer. He does accomplish that goal. And that's, that's how the movie ends. That was, a, that right. was a tight one to recap y'all. All right. Mm -hmm. So, so that it. was it, let's get into it. <laughs> You know, I, I'm wondering, y'all, you know, what, what I actually have, I have a, I have a discussion prompt. Okay. Um, what was your favorite thing about the movie and what was your least favorite thing about the movie? And it could be anything. It could be a character. No, it could no, be an I, actor. I, I, like, I be... like that. All right. Well, Brittany seems like she's still in deep thought. I will, I will go first. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about the movie is that I felt like it probably did a good job of creating the atmosphere. Mm. Even though I don't know, obviously we weren't alive, mm -hmm. but it gave me a feeling that it might have done a really good job of actually depicting the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so that would be, my favorite thing i would say my least favorite thing was probably the acting by the store owner who was chasing people out with the cleaner <laughs> Mar martha yeah because <laughs> it just it just didn't feel i don't know like yeah. that 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 stuck out to me as a it just didn't feel real. It was just, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it, it wasn't even. It was almost like they weren't like they knew she wouldn't use it, but they weren't. It was like they were trying to act like she would use it, but they kind of knew she wouldn't. It, I don't know. It just didn't land for me. And then they yeah. did it multiple times. So that that would be my my least favorite. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that it was a, it was a forced moment, and other and other moments felt very authentic. Pretty it, much. When yeah. you're just mm -hmm. when you're naming it, I reflect on it now, and I see what you're saying. I agree. Yeah. Those it her whole thing was very forced. I would say my favorite moment, or it will be multiple, just whenever they were doing something that was really mischievous and silly. Yeah. From them, you know, sneaking, making a scene to sneak out of class, from them stealing the peanuts, and I was <laughs> just like, why are y'all so bad? Jumping on the back of the bus to get yeah. to where they were going. They were just about in this town, just They being, were tricksters, like you they said. Were they were just tricksters. They were tricksters. Like, I, I appreciated that because it showed just the youth, uh, yeah. just how you just having some fun, yeah. you know, I'm skipping school. I'm having some fun yeah. with my friends. I'm not hurting anyone. Mm -mm. I may be doing a little theft, 
but just yeah. a small just a amount. Just a tablespoon. Oh, just a tablespoon. It's a little bit. I did not like my least favorite part. I did not like is how women were treated in this movie. How these poor little. I was like, what is going on? And I was like, why are they treating all of the girls terribly? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is really annoying to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it was probably more so annoying because I'm like, ooh, has things changed? When did this movie come out? Mm. And yeah. I was just like, oh no, what's what, what, we haven't moved forward? Also, my least favorite thing. It 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 took it it distracted me in this it was movie. So distracted the way that the little girls were portrayed. And I had, but you know, again, I had some time to reflect. You know, and and what I have told myself is that the movie was almost written from the perspective of a high school boy. And yeah. so I was, this is how I've made myself feel better about the way the girls were portrayed. It's because that is probably how the high school boys, these little boys were perceiving these girls. They truly were, were really just manipulating them and using them interchangeably. And the girls were just taking whatever was given, just, just taking it, you know? Oh, he wants me today. He don't want me tomorrow. He played my face right in front of me. All right, he's back. Okay. You know, it's so- and Two of Cochise's <laughs> women that he slept with, they was at the funeral holding hands, getting what? in the same car. I was like, this is very conflicting. It I was. don't know what to it do It was troubling, right it now. was troubling. <laughs> and, um, but what I will tell you, one thing I really liked about the movie was the use of music. You know, I felt like they did a good job. There were times, because the movie, if you didn't know from any other indication that it was in the 60s, you knew from, because of the soundtrack. And they did it, um, the way that they did it was really great because it was, part of it was um, music that would actually be playing real time in a room, in a space, they're in a party, the music is happening. But other times it would be the soundtrack. But either way, it was like Motown was with us through the entire movie. And it just kept me in the mindset of the 60s. This was my overall feeling of watching Cooley High. Now, Janai, correct me if I'm wrong. You know, Janai is our local historian and <laughs> she likes to, she actually likes to study. You know, she had a 4.9 grade average, both y'all degrees and all that stuff. But, um, so I know you might know this. Was this the original, like, is this considered the first hood movie? Bro, it's so interesting because I saw at least one list that said it was the first hood movie, but there were other lists that qualified other movies that came before it. There, okay, were, so, there, was, there was at least one list that went even back into the 60s, okay, naming so, hood movies. So I haven't done a research on this, but I've heard people saying Cooley High. Me too. Is the, is, is the like beginning, the, the quintessential, so, the, yeah. So my problem was, I felt like, like they were talking about how successful the movie is and, and you know, how, how much it made based on a small budget. And I just didn't see that. But the, I think the problem is, is I didn't see it in 1975. Mm. And I, and there are elements of this movie that I think were probably very impactful at the time. Sure. And even the way that they were interacting, like you said, with, with, with women and different elements, I feel like it might have spoke to the time yeah. more than so it's hard. Like I just watched Clear and Present Danger for the first time, which is a action movie with Harrison Ford. Mm. And um this was like it was an early 90s movie. And I've just the first time I've seen it, and they're pulling up these computers, and it's just like I'm trying to get into it. But I know if I saw it in 1994, I would have been feeling the same way as when I see a really sick computer. Sure. Now, so I'm saying some movies, it feels like you can't really 
feel it the way people would feel it then. And I feel like it would have been like Friday. And we haven't done Friday yet, right? Not yet. No. Mm -mm. I think we should, my suggestion, I think we should do that one next. And and the reason reason why I'm saying it is because I feel like it was a day in the life, basically, Mm. of these kids. And I feel like the way I felt in Friday is probably how they, okay. people, they felt when they were in Cooley High. But I'm telling yeah. you, it's like right now, as soon as he opened up that letter that said he got in to school on a scholarship, I was like, oh, he's dead. Like as, as soon as I saw it, because now we see so many I had movies. the same thought. I had the same thought. But I'm saying if it was the very first movie I saw, right, right. I don't I don't think I would have been feeling that way. You know what I'm saying? And like there's been so <sighs> many creative ways that they've done that. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when we when we're talking about boys in the hood, I did not expect Ricky to get and it was so ingenious because in that little moment, first Ricky got shot in the knee. And I was like, they're taking away his football career. Gone. Oh my and god! And already that was enough to that was. And awesome. that I was already devastated, and it was like, nope. Guess what? He's catching another one right through the chest. And so I'm saying, they found ways to make these plots more, you know, like for a more seasoned person who's watching it. So, but I, I honestly believe. If I was watching this in the theater in, in 1975, when um when he got killed at the end, I think I, it would have like they're killing high school students. Yeah. Like it would, it, it might have thrown me. So that that's my overall thought is that I don't know if I I don't know if this is a movie I could get the full impact of. Mm, that's really interesting, bro. You know, as I you know one of the things that I think is really like a a positive of the movie, or I don't want to say a positive, but a strong aspect of the movie. Um, It's probably something else that at the time was very, very special. And that is how realistic the portray, like the, the, the situation was. I mean, I just felt like we really were looking at some kids in a neighborhood. You know, and it was almost like watching a um a reality TV show. Yes, someone was just That's right walking around the neighborhood with them. It was just real friends having a good time. There was a level of authentic interaction between those people, and not just the main characters. It was when they were even engaged, except for I think with Martha again, bro. Now that you pointed it out, but it, the in their engagement with each other, like even even with the the people on the street, like there was just a level of rapport that was so community. And I just think that that's something really special to accomplish, especially when you have a cast of young people to be able to get them to make those kinds of connections and for it to come through so authentically. And so I wonder if at the time- Well, they were in their late twenties. Okay, so when they were recording, is that why Glenn Terman looked 45? No, he was 27. Okay. Yeah. They were in their late 20s. Okay. And I was just like, this is you why y'all look like y'all you know are married so, with I, children I forgot, in I'm changing my, yeah. I'm changing my least favorite thing. That was my I, least favorite thing. I, I completely look, yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. He, but him especially. like He looks so old. You like, look like you are a preacher. No, as soon as he came on the screen, I said, okay. Where's you're Talitha? up there. You're up there with uh, Morgan Freeman and Cicely Tyson, where you just always looked mature. Yeah, <laughs> never been. And I just and I never. wonder. <laughs> I wonder why. I just wonder why they made that choice. I, I, I just I feel like there had to be, because like with Friday, we know we know Chris Tucker now, but you got to think we know Chris Tucker when he was in Friday, like yeah. that's what really launched him. And it just seems like that would have been a, because of the nature of the movie, like Brittany was talking about, like, it's just like following around some real high school. So it seems like they could have used some unknowns, you know, yeah. and yeah. and had a, 
how much notoriety that did Glenn Turman have at the time though? Like, I don't know. I didn't like research where like Cochise what and Preach were. Those but, the, but, the, but if, the, but if they that's were in the, the case, arc of their careers, what if this was their, but that's the, but if that's the case, oh, but if the they were unknowns, choice, then why can't even worse? Yeah. Case. That makes the yeah, casting choice even worse. That's well, you know what though? I think sometimes they do it for legal things. Like I'm about to put these children into some questionable situations. Now that's a good point. I don't actually need a high school but, student but, but, that is but, about but, to be filling this girl up in the corner could, in the hallway. But you could have got a 21 year old. <laughs> it's true. 18. There you go. It's very you know? true. Because that, that happened. Yeah, that, I mean, that like definitely happens. 20, 21 year olds who look younger. <laughs> and you know who else looked old? And I wonder how old she was. The love interest for Glenn Turman's character. Um, she also looked like we work together, like she's 40. I was like, what? Oh, you she mean, didn't um, look young at all. I mean, uh, from uh, her clothes to everything. Brenda. Brenda. I, I want to look that up. Because you're talking about the main, the main, the girl he liked. um, Yeah, the the main character. Yeah, the main love interest. Yes, and it's important to say main because they were just touching on anything that would let them touch. Listen, at that one point, that when he he took her virginity because he was going to win a dollar, (laughs) and then told her, you know, I just. How do you, that, that is like the most amazing Freudian slip I've ever seen. I was like, you couldn't keep that a secret brother. But the other thing was, is that like in a movie that had real moments, they had some extremely fake moments that would yes, take me did. out of it. Yes, and did. that was one of them because the you could have still kept the scene the same and had him just tell her and like she, like he didn't think she would care. Right. And then she reacted. You know, like, like I gotta tell you something funny. Me and my boy bet that a dollar. You know how guys will yes. sometimes say something and, and they don't and, and realize. She, and then she takes offense, even though he didn't. And you could have kept the scene the same. That other been than better. that, it but been him, same. but that who just better. accidentally mentions a bet? Or that was just. Also, I thought, even with that sex scene, it just kind of made me laugh. I was like, if we're going to be in reality, these are two teenagers having sex. It is not looking this passionate, honey. And then well, they, they, they did start them off. They were awkward. awkward they were they, they awkward, were awkward at, at first. Yeah, but yeah, then I was like. It seemed like they started off awkward and then they got in there. You know, They figured it out a little bit. You know? I was like, <laughs> I said, all right, we're setting people up for the ugly got it to the, the in the 70s. Okay, I'll see what's going her. on there. I found her I just... name, but I cannot find her birthday. Wow. I, 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 I got sent, her name is Cynthia Davis. Okay. Okay, let me just go birthday. She probably quit TV. Well, you know, she that's said, the thing. They Sometimes took my you'll virginity for a dollar and I'm done. Yep. Sometimes you'll see these movies and you was... don't you don't see the people anymore. They've been in one thing and, and that's it. I think it. they start to realize, I, I assume, well, some of them can't find work. And then I think some are like, ah, uh, this is not for me. I'm right. good. But this right. was a fun thing I did at this moment. All right, I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I, I think she must not have did much stuff. Yeah. So. Well, you all, I have. But, a, but she did look old too. She, she did. Old. All yeah. of them. She yeah. did. Now, y'all, I was cracking up. <laughs> the whole scene with the house party, it just made me laugh. <laughs> I was just, I, when I she, actually really liked that scene. It was so good. When she said, do not knock this over. My mom is still making payments on it. I said, every Black person understands that. Yeah, that don't knock down the Almost break all of it. Don't yeah. mess the, the, up. The quarter, the quarter party rang very true. Yeah. It was yeah. such, it was so perfect. Like, and yeah, even, even, even the idiot who was going to mess it all up for everybody. The, when she said, don't you come in here fighting? And she's like, he's like, I'm not going to do it. It's so, he wasn't even in the party one Two minute. seconds. Before he started being, and I was just like, I said, and then I was like, okay, they're fighting. They're away from the, the uh, thing. But when they got close, I remember screaming at the television, no, <laughs> my mama's still making things. 
She's going to be in so much trouble. She's going to die. Yes. I just remember feeling that when I watched. That was the one part that was ring true. Like, you're a kid and you're, something just happens. And Janiyah actually fixed something I messed up one time when we were younger. I think I broke a curtain in mommy and daddy's room. And she rigged this thing. She rigged that so so it could be up. It would have went down. It would have went down down that day. I remember that. I don't remember how I broke it. But (laughs) Janiyah saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) We might not have Brittany on this podcast today. If we had not figured that out. No, if she if she if she survived if she survived the bicycle incident, she could she'd have been okay. (laughs) One day we'll tell y'all about that. We say all that to say we understood what was at stake (laughs) with this listen thing being broken. I don't even know how I would have said the party is not allowed in this room. I would that not was have the whole apartment. The there, there was no like, we are dancing in the kitchen. But you know, one thing is for sure. I wouldn't have let the troublemaker kid in. You know, no at all. if I can no go way. and ask one character in this movie a question. Oh, that's a good one. If y'all could ask a character in the movie a question, who would you ask a question? And what question would you ask? I would ask that chick. You, if you knew he was a troublemaker. And you knew, because you told everybody that your mom not going to let you have no more quarter parties if, if, there's a, if there's a fight, if there's confusion at the break front. Why would you let the troublemaker into your party? Why? And I, I was just like, everybody was having such a nice time. And she knew he walked up to her. And she said, don't come in here starting mess. You always, you always start mess. Don't always. come in here start. It wasn't mess. like every now and then. She said always. It's like, girl, don't let him in here. I hope that's her life takeaway. Follow your instinct, girlfriend. I, what, my what, question what? would be to the two quote unquote thugs. How old are you? Because I <laughs> I just was one. I was like, you all are clearly older than high school students in this movie. How old are you that you were trying to get into this high school party? Or were they supposed to be high school students and they were also cast as too old? Oh, gosh. I didn't no, know. I, I got the feeling I that they, they were, were supposed older. to be older. Because they were but, just older guys. Yeah, they, they the were just older guys. Drug addicts, my, kind of, or something. My question well, not addicts, be, drug dealers. Yeah, they okay. were. Well, 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 whatever they were into. Physical representation, they, yeah. it seemed that they might have been. They, they were into dad, some stuff. But, yes. <laughs> but my, my question would have been to preach that when they came into the um, public place, why didn't he just stand up and say, hey, my teacher got us out. I didn't know nothing about it. We could go talk to him right now. And I think... Now, yeah. bro, he did say that. But it, he said it, but I felt like he said it too late. And it was yeah. like he said it too late. It, it was as soon as he heard them say that, he should have just immediately nipped it, nipped it in the butt. And um, not only that, they seemed very street smart, right? And what I'm saying is, I wasn't street smart, but I would have known. Let's go to an alternate universe where I would have got into a stolen car, which I would not have. But no. which was but, another thing. I was but, like, what, no. but what I'm saying is, is that I would know as soon as the teacher got us out that yo, we need to be outside the jail when these dudes get out so they they know what happened. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And we need to because, start telling everybody yeah, we need right to start, now. Yeah, like, get the marketing out of the truth. Yeah, start and, the marketing I just, plan. I just don't. So for street smart kids who know what could possibly happen, I d- that didn't connect to me. No. So, and Glenn Thurman's character, um, Preach, he is there with an opportunity to, ke- to tell Cochise, to, to, to give him a sense of, hey, they're out here looking for us and they're angry. And here's now, I've got some additional information you need to know that will help arm us. And he doesn't tell Cochise that it was the teacher that got them out because he sees Cochise with his ex, one of his mm. one of his non girlfriends, 
And, and, and right after. And which I was like, how are you? So that, that was another thing, bro, where it's like your street smart should tell you about the stakes. You recognize How the stakes. It is you recognize the stakes. Have that information. So, so even if you all need mad, to together right now, go be on the marketing plan to get the truth out there. Mm. Yeah. I just like even if you were even if you said it and left out mad, like look, you know, just tell them real quick and leave or something. Yeah. But like your friend for whole life, you know what's going on. You know, these two dudes are a little crazy. This leads me into the, the end of the movie that um, I felt like the scene where Cochise died could have been done better. Um, the beating didn't seem like a death beating. Um, I mean, I know he kind of like hit his head when he fell down. And maybe that's what they were trying to say. But I would have liked to see something like uh, something more believable in the sense of well, we're we're just so used to seeing really. But that goes right back to what I was saying. Yeah, it's like that we're used to. Seeing I don't like know. Death I wouldn't. Like... Have, I wouldn't have wanted to be outlandish, but maybe at that time it was off the hook. So yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you guys, so what I watched it on when you were describing that, sis, <laughs> I went, oh, they showed him get beat up. <laughs> Whatever I watched it on, cut that beat up scene out. And all it was, was it went right to the funeral. Fan and coach, he's dead <gasps> on the ground. You saw Preach running down the alleyway and you saw coach, he's laying on the ground. And I said, I guess those two guys caught up to him. They didn't, they show, didn't it. show it. They didn't you were show watching it some kind up. of edited version. I was, and I was just, and so when you said it, I was like, I wonder what oh, else Janai, you missed. Janai's embellishing things. Sis, I wonder what else you missed. Listen, mm. I clearly, I was like, and it made me think, I said, what else did I miss then? I and said, sis, well, sis, let me hip you to the game because <laughs> it wasn't just the two that beat him up. There was a third person there. And I'm going to let you guess who it was. It was the troublemaker. Troublemaker from the party. He was the one that hit the death blow. Wow. The three of them beat Cochise to death. I bet I could find that. YouTube. And by the time we get to the scene, they have already been beating him. They're in the midst of the beating by the time we get to him. And um, then we see him hit his head and he crumbles to the ground. And, 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 and we knew like when he, when they had the fight, cause it, it, first of all, I was like, when I saw the letter that he got in the school, I was like, oh, he's dead. And, and, then, when, and, then, and then when he got into the fight, I was like, oh, well, that's the guy who's going to go. See, and, this, and I think even if I would have seen the fight, I just felt like him dying was unnecessary for the movie. I know that death happens in the hood. That is a thing, right? We're, you know, but when I saw it, I was just like, is this really well, how we're well, ending this movie right um, now? I think that I like, I like the fact that he, because I like movies with real stakes. And I also like the message that they were putting across that one decision that can lead to things going completely haywire. Absolutely. And, Don't get um, in the car. That was going to be yeah. my voting symbol as well when I thought about it. I was like, Ooh, the car. I felt like the car was really what changed mm -hmm. the whole movie. Oh, the sis, dynamic. you should have said that. that That's all they one. did. That's all they did was get in the car. Get in the car. And then, the joy and, ride. And that part was funny too because Preach couldn't drive. Mm. And so that was... The joy um, ride that... that, that but hold on. That, that, and that was another thing that rang untrue to me. Oh, yeah. Because like... That was a very untrue scene. Like... Him who's driving. Gonna put, who's going to put a person who can't drive in the... In a stolen car? Like I, you're not gonna, I, could, I could see two drug heads and two dumb, dumb high school kids doing that. But the, part, seems... the part of it that became fake to me was when he was somehow good enough at driving to be able to outsmart the police. 
So in addition, so the, all them letting someone who can't drive drive does seem like something some silly guys would do together. The, the other stakes are low. You stole the car. It's not your car. You're just you're just driving around. But and the man he was a literally I said, so you're just da- dodging the police. <laughs> all right, well, yeah. I, I think we can vote. I think we can vote now. Well, Unless there's a little, else. there's a nugget you need before we vote. Did y'all know? Do y'all know the story of the writer of this movie, Eric Monte? No. no. You gotta know. So the other thing about Cochise dying is that this movie was semi-autobiographical for Eric Monte. So his life inspired it. I don't know if specifically he had a friend die, but um, that, so he actually, it is his life that he grew up in Chicago. He left, um, always wanted to be a writer and ended up becoming a writer. He was from Chicago, Illinois. He was raised in the Cabrini Green housing projects. Mm. And- um, He's a famous. They are. And during his junior year, he dropped out of, Cooley Vocational High School, and he enlisted in the United States Army. And um, and after he came back from his stint in the Army, he hitchhiked to Hollywood. And what's so interesting, y'all, and y'all, this is this is akin to Cochise. Um, this is akin to Cochise getting the um, getting the, the letter into school. You know, I'm gonna bring you up. Then I'm going to drop you down. So he um, he goes hitchhikes to Hollywood. His first big break came after about five years. He wrote a television script that was accepted by the show All in the Family. Y'all know that show with mm-hmm. Archie Bunker and everything. Well, um, and you know, that show is produced by, was produced by Norman Lear. You, everyone knows the name Norman Lear. This is a lauded, super wealthy, very well-known producer and writer. He is um, attributed um, to like the creation of Good Times and the Jeffersons and all of these uh, and what's happening. And the truth is that those were ideas that he stole from Eric Monte. So, and in fact, the character George Jefferson that was the reason for the spinoff of the Jeffersons was a character that Monty created. Mm. And so he, Norman Lear, stole these ideas, did not credit Eric Monty. Eric Monty ended up suing them, okay, because he had documentation and evidence that he created the Jeffersons. He created what's happening. And he ended up only getting a $1 million settlement. And he gets like a small percentage of the residuals from good times. But Norman Lear systematically had him blackballed in Hollywood because of the lawsuit. So wouldn't even let him go elsewhere in Hollywood and continue to be successful because he was obviously good. His ideas were winning ideas. And so eventually he fell on hard times. And, you know, by 2003, he had um, a, a crack addiction addiction, um, have a drinking problem. He declared bankruptcy at some point. Um, And by 2006, he found himself living in a Salvation Army homeless shelter in California. And so, you know, we know now that he lives in Portland, Oregon, and um, there are accounts of him having a positive perspective on all of it. Um, And so I want to name that he is okay, but he has also been robbed of his legacy. And he was robbed of the impact that he could have had. So if you have a day where you want to get angry, Google Eric Monty Norman Lear, and you're going to read the story of this man who frankly didn't need the money because he was already at the, the kingpin who just continued to steal from him. And so then you wonder, what else did you steal, Norman Lear? You know, and it's just, it's one of these things of just that kind of corruption that if that had happened nowadays, it would have hit social media. There would have been some exposure. Somebody could have done some kind of informal whistleblowing that would have let us know and that he would have had a chance for redemption and other opportunities. But back then, he couldn't tweet about it. You know, and it's like his, his word, a black writer in Hollywood in the 70s against Norman Lear. 
it just makes me so pissed off. And mm. I knew that before watching Cooley High. Mm. And so I think like that also for me, colors, yeah. it colored it because it made me cherish it in a way. And in, in knowing that that was the truth of his experience and how he ended up probably right back on streets, just like the ones he was depicting in the, in the, in the movie, I had an emotional connection with the movie even before I turned it on. So it's a sad story, y'all. It is a very sad story, but it's as tell as old as time. It is. Beauty so. and the Beast. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, y'all, I wanted to get that, that nugget song, out That was there. a song reference. But, um, but can you believe we made it through this whole episode? We didn't even really talk about, um, I thought for sure we were going to talk about different worlds. Cause that's all I, but for Glenn Turman. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're the different uh, yeah. world man. Like I, I can't, I don't know what else. Well, that's how we his remember. Life, yeah. But Cochise is the, like the black father in like everything. <laughs> he probably was a father well, when he was recording this thing. He probably listen. had 33 year old children when he was recording <laughs> this movie. But anyway, so thank bro. You were taking us to vote. And I, I was, um, I just want to get that little nugget in. No, that, that, that was important. Um, with this one, I mm. really have been going back and forth. I won't watch this movie again, most likely. Mm. Um, but I can see how it was the start of something. Yeah. And I feel like if I was in that theater in 1975, I probably would have been feeling it and so normally i'm very simple like do i like this movie do i love it if i love it i watch it again it's a classic with this one i felt torn because i know i felt like i was missing it because i couldn't really yeah but i could see what was happening at the same time mm -hmm. and i could see the ripples of this movie in every other hood movie so ultimately i'm gonna go ahead and say it's a classic i'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a classic so and, it, but, it, but, gets, yeah, it, gets, it gets my corner it gets my it's on a corner for me um yeah. and it's for those reasons it's mm -hmm. just and yes there was problematic stuff i also and i don't want to get it i don't want to spin off but you know, there's things of it's always the fair skinned woman who's you know, totally. back then who's in the um, lead, and I go back and forth with that, but because she is black too, and and I and but it still speaks to these things that we've dealt with our totally. whole life, and so I had all these back and forth. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I feel like it was an important movie, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it was a classic. Bro, it looks like you went through some of the same internal arm twisting. Uh, yeah, yeah mm. because part of me felt like this movie is so important to people. Yeah. It is important to the black community. And um and it it almost feels wrong to look at it with today's eyes and not um understand the yeah. the context. historical importance and context yeah. yeah and i will also so knowing eric monty's story yeah it makes it to me almost even more important that we recognize that we don't have as much output from that that career and that beautiful mind that and we 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 should have yeah. mm -hmm. and so it makes me feel like man we got to cherish whatever he put out there you know, what if he had been able to continue to produce to, to yeah. now, you know, because yeah. he might because it, obviously we look at some of the kinds like when you think about the Jeffersons, you think about some of those characters, what's happening. We look at them now and we're like, OK, these things, some of these things are problematic. But what what might he have evolved to in our time if he had just been allowed to have his course of his career? So for those reasons, I am also going to give it a corner. It is for it is out of respect for the movie that I'm giving it my corner and we'll call it um, a classic for me. But I also wanna say that 
if it did not have that yeah, yeah. context around it. Yeah. I just, there were enough moments that were untrue that they outweighed the many moments that were so truthful. I was watching this movie and I was just like, all right, I can appreciate it for what it is. But you all know for me, I deem something a classic if I'm going to go back and watch it. If I feel like, man, this is really something that is, it gives, I could see giving me this same feeling over and over again. And the answer is no. Now, of course, with the context, I respect that. What's his name? Monty? Eric Monty. I'm so sorry, sir. That Norman Lear was a butthead. And some other names. Many other names. Mm -hmm. But this movie does not get my corner. I can't give have it we point. Have we ever had an instance where one of us tried to convince the other one to change their designation? Have we ever done that? I think, because I, I don't know. I kind of want to do that right no, now. No, we haven't. We have, we've well, never done I would that. like to introduce that paradigm because, sis. <laughs> <laughs> y'all. This is a of, new, this is a new We segment. haven't done this before. We're Ba-da-ba! 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 the journey. That's why. That's why. New part, new part alert, new part alert. Now. Our logo is a Venn diagram because we have three truths and where they come together, that's the right perspective. But Britt, I just want to get into your bubble. Bloop, bloop, just a little bit. Because <laughs> the thought, like if there ever came a day where somebody, just, just, somebody just listed out all of the movies that have been reviewed by the right perspective. Did she just sit? And we don't I'm have, waiting to be convinced. And we don't have Cooley High as a classic. Won't we be somehow not? We are a black podcast. Okay. How can we not show respect to a movie like Cooley High? Now, if you if you just sit back and think. If you're sitting around with any group of black people mm-hmm. and you say, what are the movies that every black person needs to see? Mm-hmm. There's about 10 that will always come up in every single conversation. Sure. Cooley High is going to be one of them. It is a movie that is important. And I think that the experience of people, the, 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 the experience that was portrayed in that movie, that life experience is something that even to this day, we struggle to see it on small and large screen in a way that is truthful and not disrespectful or tropish or, or over-indexing on stereotypes or making us cringe. And so sis, 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 my number one, yo. How can the right perspective not show respect to Cooley High? Well, I've heard you plead your bro, case. Bro, bro, do you want to get in on this with me? Are <laughs> you entering this new segment? I, bro, listen. get in a new segment! <laughs> Help me Look. convince Freddie to change his mind! Listen, I oh. think he doesn't even right have to... He can say something, but he doesn't even have yeah. to say anything. Because you know what? You had me at Black People. I stand in solidarity what? with my people. Listen, we be strong and wrong. OJ didn't do it. <laughs> no, no. People, you didn't. are witnessing. You are witnessing. Listen. You, 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 I'm not going to mention, I'm not going to talk about OJ before. thing. But, I, but, but you are witnessing a flip of a vote. This is the Never first happened. time Never the right perspective where Janiya where somebody fought for a movie. What did Issa Rae say? And now, I'm, vote, I'm voting for, I'm rooting for everybody. And we're doing <laughs> something else for the first time because I'm going to say that Cooley High is a classic from the right perspective. Yes, 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 I love it. Oh, we are shaking it up in 2021. Those two first. <laughs> Look at season two. It, it's full of surprises. No one you knows don't know what's, what's going to happen. You don't know we, what's going we don't on. even know. We, 
That's right. Because you know what it is, Brittany. You know what it is, don't you? What is it? Listen, life what is, it, is jazz. Life hey, is jazz. I've been hey, trying to tell people this for you. You got it through to me, Brittany. That sometimes you got to bebop and scat. That's so, it. You know, Zubita Badow. <laughs> yes. All right, you all, thank you for joining us. Season two is full of surprises. Join us for more surprises in the next episode of The Right Perspective. Thank you, everybody. Have a good Good night, night, Francis. Good night, y'all. I love y'all.